Val Hale, former BYU AD, joins us now. He's on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Val, good morning. Good morning, DJ. How you doing? I'm doing all right. We have, uh, we have the, the question of the morning. Uh, so much angst about the state of BYU's football program. Is it really that bad? We can get into some of the details, but, you know, how are you feeling about the state of BYU's football program right now? Big picture before we dive into the details. <laughs> well, big picture? It's always tough to answer that question the week after a Utah loss. Um, I think, you know, I, I think that we're going to find out a whole lot more over the next two or three weeks. If the program goes 0-4 or 0-5 to start the season, then I think there's going to be a lot of consternation. If they can right themselves and win a couple of games, I think that it will, uh, you know, it'll set the stage for the rest of the year and maybe get some people to calm down. But it's always tough to look at the big picture right after you lose to your arch rival for the ninth time in a row, I might add. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that uh, there's probably been uh, a lot of, maybe legitimate concern about the program over the last few years. I think the coaches in the athletic department are trying to make some changes to get things righted. And, uh, you know, I'm one who hopes that, that Kalani is going to do it. I really like Kalani. He's a great guy and his staff. I know many of them on the staff, and I hope that they can do that. When you say make some changes, what are you talking about? Well, they've made, uh, you know, starting with trying to bring in assistant coaches, trying to, you know, different coaches. They've tried to, uh, they've tried to, I think, um, add some discipline. They've tried to uh, change the format a little bit. When I say the format, the uh, the offense a little bit. So I think they're trying to make some adjustments and changes in the program and the way they do things and the way they coach and the way they um, run the program. And I haven't been close to the program necessarily. So I, you know, I'm, I'm just basing all of this on things that I've heard from others. Val Hale, former BYU AD joining us. So I remember when you were running the show, and now that's coming up on like 20 years or so, but not just then. I mean, through the 90s and the early 2000s, I think one thing you could hear from a lot of people, BYU assistant coaches, coaches, ADs, if BYU is going to be good, they have to get the best Mormon athletes. And I think one of the, uh, at least from my perspective, one of the unexpected things about Utah going to the Pac-12 was how much Pac-12 schools have shown up to recruit Utah. And in fact, there's six return missionaries on the Stanford roster. Now, some people say, hey, the pool of LDS athletes is getting bigger, so that isn't that big an issue. Do you view it as a big issue? Uh, Yes, I do view it as a big issue. I think that, uh, you know, you're right. BYU's bread and butter for years was getting the best LDS athletes. That's that's what BYU did. We always lost a few here and there, but uh, now that that Utah is in the Pac-12, uh, and you know these other Pac-12 schools have identified uh, these LDS athletes and are recruiting them, it makes it much more difficult for BYU. I think independence in football specifically 
has has somewhat hurt the program. I, I think it's hurt it in a number of respects. I think it's hurt it from a recruiting standpoint. I think it's hurt it from an attendance standpoint. I think that, uh, you know, I had one BYU assistant coach years ago who told me, he said, the toughest thing that I recruit against is Stanford. If Stanford offers an LDS kid a scholarship, I have a hard time going into that home and saying, young man, you should come to BYU. Because if it were my son, I would love my son to go to Stanford. And and now I think Utah, you know, with their Pac-12 uh, relationship and the fact that you have someone, for me, the kind of the canary in the coal mine was Britton Covey. When Britton Covey decided to go to Utah, this is a kid who was born and bred to go to BYU. And when he went to Utah, I was really worried because I said, this is going to open the spigot. And you're going to start to see other LDS kids who follow this kid and say, hey, this kid, you know, he's, he's going on a mission. He, he's a kid who was, who was basically signed, sealed, delivered to BYU if he wanted to go. But now he's at Utah. And that's always been to me kind of like I always worried about that because with his success at Utah, other Mormon kids are saying, hey, you know what? I can do that too. And it just makes it harder for BYU to recruit, especially when they're playing, you know, you've got kids who are, who are not going to be able to be all conference because there isn't a conference. Kids who aren't playing for a conference championship because there isn't one. I think those are some of the challenges that BYU is facing right now. How about the money situation, Val? For years, BYU, it's almost like, and you, you were a part of it too, so you can speak to it very much so, it's almost like I felt the impression, got the impression that they reveled in the fact that, hey, we're cheap and we're not going to pay market value. And that's just the way it is. And they basked in it as if it was a sign of honor that this is what we do. Look at how much we accomplish without being outrageous with the salaries. And so now you're in this situation where these teams around you, particularly the Pac-12, and Utah led the conference, its own very conference in the Pac-12, except we don't know about SC and Stanford, in recruiting. And I've had BYU coaches for 25 years that I've been around off to the side complain about this stuff, about not putting in, it's not necessarily money in their pockets, but money to do their jobs. Obviously, everybody wants money in their pockets, but money to do their jobs. Is there any way possible, BYU, and I know they've made improvements, but it seems to me they still have a long way to go. Is there any way possible they can step that game up? Well, BYU will never be in the league with an Ohio State or, you know, the Floridas of the world, some of those schools. They never will be. I think they are uh, quite a ways ahead of where they were when I was at BYU. You're right. When I, I'll just tell you, when I became athletic director, Lavelle's salary, this is the fourth winningest coach in the history of college football at the time, was barely six figures. Now, that... You know, he had other salary, other things to compensate for the salary. He had, you know, the shoe contract and TV contract and things like that. But, you know, Lavelle never came in once and asked for a raise. That was just something he would not do. And uh, his assistant coaches kind of realized that. And so they they were willing to kind of put up with what, what they got. Now, 
after Lavelle left, then things started to, to elevate. And I think that uh, the, the whole assistant coach salaries, the head coach salaries, all of those things started to, uh, started to bubble up a little bit. And I think BYU's been much better now at paying better salaries. I don't know what they are, but I'm guessing that they're a little bit more competitive, but they will never be, you know, um, what some of the big schools are paying just because I think the, the LDS church would not want to have the perception that they were paying a football coach that much money. You know, it it just kind of, there are those people out there who still think that that tithing money is paying for the program and that image just doesn't fly. But, you know, I think BYU has done a much better job recently fundraising. I think they've got, donors who are willing to kick in and help the coaches' salaries. I started a program there called the Coaches Circle uh, when Gary Croton was there where we uh, we got people to put money in for, for a deferred payment to the coach if he stuck around for a while. And I think that's really been elevated. So they're trying to address the situation. But if you, I used to tell coaches when I was talking to them about coming to BYU, I said, if you're mainly interested in money, don't come to BYU. Just don't come because we will never pay what you can make at other schools. You know, we uh, we put this question up about uh, the angst over BYU football, and, and, and it's usually up overnight, and a lot of people comment, and we'll get to some of those coming up. But there are a lot of people who are, who are like you are saying, hey, independence – that's that's a problem. They got to go to the league. They got to go back to the Mountain West. Would going to the Mountain West land some of those kids? Where you talk about uh, Britton Covey being the canary in the coal mine? Would it land some of those kids, or any kid who can go to the Pac-12 is going to pick the Pac-12 over the Mountain West, and you're going to get a very small percentage of those kids, and it wouldn't really change things? What do you think? You know, I think that uh, for the most part, if, if someone is set on playing in the Pac-12, they're going to go there. But the thing that it does, when you look at Boise State, Boise State has managed to – Boise State was the BYU of the of the 90s, early to, and maybe the first decade of the 2000s. You know, the, team, the school that came out of nowhere, that, that uh, re- revolutionized things, was very innovative with its offense. Uh, and they've played in, in a couple, in a, a few years ago, they played in a New Year's Day bowl game, the Fiesta Bowl, with two losses. There's no way as an independent BYU's going to get to a New Year's Day bowl game unless they pretty much go undefeated or have a phenomenal year with one loss or something. But if you can get to the, to a New Year's Day bowl game in the Mountain West Conference, you've got something to dangle in front of your recruits. And right now, I, I just think that it's really tough for BYU to dangle some, you know, that type of a promise in front of a recruit. But, you know, BYU for years made their bread and butter playing in the whack and then playing three or four non-conference games. Two or three of those games were against power, what we call Power 5 teams now. And they won one or two of those games a year, typically. And then they would finish in the top 25. And that's what BYU did almost every year under Lavelle. And, and then you had a 1996 and a 1984 and, you know, some of those years that were a little bit different. And and uh, that's that's how they survived. And I think they can still survive in, under that model. 
they may not get the top athletes that, that still want to go to the Pac-12, but they're going to get good enough athletes, I think, to compete for that conference championship every year. And then maybe once a decade have a banner, you know, exceptional year where they finish in the top 10 or the top 12, you know, in that area. It's just That's just kind of what BYU's been over the last 30 years, 35 years. Yeah, I think that's the key. You look at Boise's schedule this year. They've obviously got the eight conference games. We know who those teams are in the Mountain West. And they're non-conference. they got the long-time schedule with BYU. And they played Florida State. Now they beat them down in Tallahassee. But then they got Marshall and Portland State. And, you know, they're set up for a whole slew of wins here because they managed to beat those guys, uh, Florida State. You look at last year. Uh, you, you know they, 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 they were viewed as having a, a decent season, and they're, again, BYU and Troy and UConn and Oklahoma State. Okay, so you got two gimmies. Maybe uh, the cynic would say three against the Cougars. And the big game, Oklahoma State, and they lost by 23 points. But yet the folks are you know, fairly happy in Boise. So is simply the answer to just dumb down the schedule and do – what you said that I mean Boise goes 11 and three last year everybody's excited they're eight and one in the conference or I guess that was two years ago uh, they they two I'm just looking at their schedules they lost to Virginia and Washington State and you know they're playing Troy again and there you go they've got a decent team and nice record but not necessarily glossy opponents so should be why you just dumb it down well, you know, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say dumb it down. Um, the, thing, the thing for BYU, we used to always try to get at least two really good teams. And if you won one or two of those games and then won your conference, you're going to do well. You're going to probably be in the top 25. But, yeah, you, you know, you still have – you still have the option to play your your power fives and then maybe some of the lower level power fives and then somebody like uh, you know like a Boise State who's who's maybe not in a power five but it's still a good program. I, I I've always been a believer that you try to keep your schedule good, not phenomenal. I mean, one year when I was athletic director, we had on the schedule that year. Uh, Boise State, which I think went undefeated that year, they did. Utah, which Utah State went under, Utah went undefeated that year. They did. And USC, they did. USC won the national championship that year. Well, a little fact that a lot of people don't know, we were also supposed to play that year LSU, which went undefeated and won the national championship. We would have had four teams, and I don't know if LSU went undefeated, but they won the national championship. We'd have had four teams on that schedule. Who, uh, who went undefeated. We ended up moving the, the LSU game so we didn't have to play them. Now, that's overkill. That's the other direction that you don't want to go. But it's, you know, I, I've always believed in a tough schedule and playing top teams. But the thing about playing in your conference, especially if you're talking the Mountain West, you're going to have those built-in games that you should win, you know, and, and we call them gimmies or whatever. In the, in the Mountain West Conference, there were always two or three, four of those teams that, you know, it was – they were teams that you should win every year. And then you had your rival games that were, you know, you knew they were going to be a battle. And if you could just get through that schedule and then win 
again, one or two, or if you're really good, three of those other games, you know, then you had a really special season and people were thrilled. And I, I just, I just think that this whole independence thing makes, makes life a lot more difficult for BYU than, than it would be if they were in a conference. So you're and ideally they'd be they'd be in a power five conference, but they're not likely to be in one anytime soon. So would you advocate going into an, uh, the G five as they call them then, since they're not likely to be in a power five anytime soon? Well, my opinion is that they're better off in a conference than they are out of a conference. Okay. Now, how that happens, I don't know. I don't know if the Mountain West Conference would ever take them back. Um, they might. But I don't know where they would go. I, I don't know what the options are at this point. I just know how difficult it is to be an independent. Even Notre Dame, you know, they find independence a little bit difficult, and they and they can pretty much write their own ticket. Do you think it would help if they went to Craig Thompson and said, we're sorry, and said, pretty please? <laughs> uh, well, I, I think at, at some point if they want to – take that step that's what they're going to have to do and I don't know what Craig Thompson would say we'll leave it there Val appreciate a few minutes thanks for joining us hey thanks for having me on folks